This morning's just a little bit different for me. And uh, have you ever had an opportunity to to just sit down and talk with God sometime? And I and I'm not talking about going into the uh, the religious prayers that a lot of us have. Um, I've got them too. Um, I've shortened them up over dinner, but I've got the religious prayers too. <laughs> and uh, but I'm just talking about when you when you're just able to sit down one time and you step back and you just take a breath, and uh, it just it, it seems like the world's closing in or problems are multiplying and just adversity. And then you just take a deep breath one day and you go, God, where you at? And you just, you talk to God. You know, you know, you are praying. And I think that's probably, you know, that's a little false teaching that we get every once in a while that we think prayer is us to get in touch with God to try to convince him to do something based on how we want it done or how we feel at the moment. And we think that's praying. And prayer is communication. Prayer is, prayer is a very intimate exchange. And uh, this morning I was sitting in the office and I'll, I'll tell you this too. And, I, and I'll try to stay on course, but... I don't know when it was, Wednesday. It was probably Wednesday, I think Lisa sent me that song. Um, can't remember what day, I think it was Wednesday. And just listening to that song, and it was talking, it was talking about a hallelujah in the storm. And I'm sitting there listening to this woman sing this song, and I'm going, wow. I wonder if people really listen to some of the songs that we hear. I wonder if we really listen. Because what she was talking about, a hallelujah in the storm, a hallelujah isn't just a praise. It's not, it's not just a call on God or something to distract your mind about your circumstance or your problem or your issue. A hallelujah is an invitation. It's the highest praise that one could possibly give God. That's a hallelujah. It's the highest praise that you can give God. But it doesn't stop there. A hallelujah is an invitation for others to enter in in your highest praise that you're offering God. Well, now that we understand what a hallelujah is, she starts talking about a hallelujah in the storm. I don't know about you. I have issues sometimes praising God in the midst of a storm. Most of the time we go back to our religious prayer. God help us. God take the storm from us. But she's talking about praising God in the middle of the storm. How do we do that? How, how can we possibly muster up the highest praise we have at the lowest point 
of our life. And I, I listen to this song four or five times. I mean, when, when I listened to it, I mean, it hit me and I was in the truck and it was four or five times. And I, I told Tommy, I said, man, your mama sent me a song. And I said, man, it stirred up a prophetic spirit in me. And I began to hear God speak to me. And I'm going, God, how do we do that? And then he began to say, this is how. And this is how we're going to talk about it this morning. This is not your typical sermon. I'm not going to give you a sermon. So if you got toes exposed, you'll be fine. I won't step on your toes this morning. I just... I think some of the best moments that I have at church is when I can share moments I've had with God. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But let me let me do it this way. I better I better preference this. I better switch this. It means more to me to be able to share with you the intimate moments I've had with Daddy than it does for me to have a sermon or to have a message. Because I go, God, how much more pure can it be than I share my experience? It's like our relationship with husbands and wives and family. When we're able to share with them. I mean, you're, I'm going to use Dawn. I told y'all this could be a family setting this morning. So just don't go to sleep. Let's just talk. Dawn shared a thing on Facebook the other day about her little deer. <laughs> but, but hear me. How much better is she able to share that with Dennis other than her experience in it. To be able to experience that, now you're able to display. I mean, when, you, when you've had the experience, man, you, you get all the adjectives that go with it. You get all the emotion. You get all the feeling, all the excitement, or the sorrow. I mean, you, when you share a, an experience that has touched you with somebody else, you share the innermost part of yourself because everything about you is, man, I'm looking for a good word on it, but every, everything about you is not just exposed, but it, it's transposed to those around you. And you can capture somebody for a moment, telling them about, I mean, it's just, it's exciting. So to me, it, it, it excites me when I'm able to share what God and I have shared at an intimate point. Amen. I sat in the office and as a good leader, I don't give y'all everything. Um, 
that we face or struggle or walk through and whatever. But as I sat in the office, I'm going, God, I mean, it's, it's like this. And he said, I've always been faithful. <laughs> it won't mean much to you until you need to hear that. And he said, I've always been faithful. I mean, as to say, what's your problem? And I just sat back in the chair and I said, Daddy, you know what? You have been. You've been so faithful to me, I'm almost embarrassed to even talk to you. I almost felt bad to even say his names, to say his name. I, I, I almost felt bad because he has been just that faithful. And I said, can you elaborate? Sure. Because I want, I want you to understand something. God's faithfulness isn't, nor will it ever be, determined based on the outcome of any circumstance you ever face. Tommy, and if you got that one, I hope you recorded that one. That's probably one of the best tweets you'll hear. But God's faithfulness is not, nor will it ever be, determined based on the outcome of any circumstance you face. And we have been mistaught. We have been misled. Because God says, I've always been faithful. See, we determine a lot of who God is to us based on how God intervened or how God, how God played something out in our life. Did it benefit us at that moment? Did it, did it really come in and did it deliver? Did it deliver to our expectations? That's what we base God's faithfulness on did it deliver based on our expectations and if that be our scale whether God's faithful or whether he's not nine times out of ten we're going to say God wasn't come on y'all talk to me this morning y'all be because we we think we think here's God if you're faithful then this is how you're going to you're going to maintain, you're going to do, you're going to give, you're going to intervene, you're going to, we've set an expectation 
on God based on what we feel and what we think, not according to His Word, but rather according to ourself. Boy, God's going to be good to us this morning. Amen. This is probably some of the richest stuff that I think I've ever spoke. But I wanted God to elaborate. I wanted Him to speak more on this I've always been faithful because I'm going, because I played it back in my mind. There were times that I didn't think that God done what God said he was going to do. See, I don't know about you, but I, I keep a black book. <laughs> God did. Boy, God didn't do it that time. Second Timothy 2, verse 11 through 13. God help me this morning. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. This is Paul. Paul's writing to Timothy. And you have to understand, they cheated me, and I am going to sue Paul's <laughs> half of a power pill. I'm suing Halls. I'm going to keep that, and I'm suing. Sorry, I'm snotting this morning and everything. Y'all just going to, y'all okay with going through an intimate setting with me and Daddy? First Tim or Second Timothy, sorry, starting at verse eleven. Look, look at what Paul says to Timothy. <laughs> this is a faithful saying. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains. Faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Timothy, this, this is a faithful saying. You've got to understand the setting here. Paul is in prison. Paul is facing death. Facing death. And Timothy is looking at his mentor. And he's believed everything that Paul has taught him about the faith. And now he's seeing the, the repercussions of Paul and his gospel. Can you imagine the fear that besets Timothy? 
Not only is he fearing for the life of Paul, his mentor, but now Timothy is going, oh, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? Paul, if I do what you've done, will I also be faced with such tribulation? The fear. And Paul shows up. I love Paul. Paul shows up. I almost love him as much as I love Peter. But Paul shows up on the scene and he says, Now, Timothy, relax. This is a faithful saying. Why would he approach Timothy? This way. Why, why would he say, Timothy, hang on a minute. Here, this is a faithful saying. I, I, I get it. I understand what you're, but listen to me. This is a faithful saying. And he says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Bible puts it this way for God is not a man that can lie. So my issue this morning was God, how can Timothy remain faithful trusting you if he is seeing now the consequences of what you're allowing Paul to go through. And I know Paul. Paul has done everything that you've asked of him. And this, you're telling me that your faith full when I see Paul going through after giving everything Paul's saying basically right now, look, man, if I die, it's all good because I know where I'm going. I'm good. Because if I, if I, and I have, he said, if we died with him, past tense, if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Paul is taking this thing to another level. He says, so what, I'm going to die. I know where I'm going. Because he's faithful, Timothy. But I don't, I can't comprehend this. As you and I walk, how do we comprehend such a saying that God's always faithful? You're getting ready to die. You're facing your last moment, giving all that you've been asked to give. And this is the faithfulness of God? Questionable in our minds. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 9 through 10. I believe he's taking this. Just y'all hang on a second. Look, I've got three scriptures. That's all I'm giving you. 
Just two pieces of paper. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God... I love this part right here. Sorry, I colored in my coloring book this morning. And I want to see some stuff. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He... Is God. <laughs> He's the God that was in Genesis, in the beginning God. And He's the God in Revelation. He is God. Never changed. He stayed God. Genesis to Revelation. He's God. Before your problem, in the middle of your problem, and after your problem, He is God. The faithful God. Who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. He let me title this Forever Faithful. (laughs) Even when we don't see it. Forever, forever, forever faithful. With those who love him and keep his commandments. See, there was something that was explained and how often we do this. We put, and I've already basically give you the punchline, but God gave it to me back then, so I used it right then. I know if I'd have waited, I'd have lost that. But we have always used the outcome of our circumstances to base and he's saying that God is faithful he he's God and God is faithful so no matter what we see no matter how we perceive it God is faithful And he opens up a little bit and he says that he is faithful and keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those 
who love him and keep his commandments. He'll always give us mercy when we need it. As long as we love him and keep his commandments. But see, our problem comes about when we don't love him. I didn't say not say that we love him. I said when we don't love him. Because he said, if you do love me, you'll obey me. Deuteronomy's telling us that he is mercy and covenant keeping to those who love him and keep his commandments. And our first issue with his faithfulness in our eyes and in ourselves is that we look at what he didn't do in the time if we really took inventory the probabilities that we didn't love him nor keeping his commandments were probably topping the chart. But we are quick not to give self-inventory, but to rather check God against what God said. God, you told me, but we leave, we stop the verse. Because see, if I quit here and we just talk about how faithful God is, man, what a this would be a blow-up thing, man. We'd just walk out of here. We'd be so high, man, just ready to go. But I can't leave you there. I've got to take you one more. I have to take you one more. Because, listen, we're talking about God's faithfulness. We're not talking about God's performance. Well, I bet you if Santa Claus didn't bring you what you wanted every year for Christmas, you'd stop believing in him. <laughs> All right, now look, let's go to verse 10. It's me and God talking. Let's go to verse 10. Now, he's already explained that God is God and that God is faithful. If God is faithful, then all of this has to pertain to his faithfulness. And he repays. Look at that word. He repays those who hate him to their face. To destroy them. He will not be slack. <laughs> With him who hates him. He will repay him face to face. See, if I was just to read that scripture, would you have put faithfulness to that? 
Listen, God's faithfulness is as, is as sound in his promises as much as they are his punishments. We're, oh, dear God, I love him this morning. He, he's explaining to me what it means for him to be faithful. That means if you're bad, I know some of y'all were born angels and never got a spanky from mommy. <laughs> you probably deserved a belt from papa and never even got that. But God is trying to get us to understand that it's not the outcome of something that makes him faithful. See, if he was not, if, if God didn't allow you to enter into tribulation, if God didn't allow you to face circumstance, would God be God? If God didn't allow you to walk into some kind of trouble, we would say God is God. But if God allows us to walk into trouble, is God God? See how, we, see how we've taken an unadulterated gospel and we have put a spin on it and we wonder why people are so lackadaisical in their Christianity. Because we've told them, man, if you'll just give your heart to God, everything will turn around. What they leave out of that sentence, there should have been a comma or a colon or something that we're going to continue with this thought Here's what, here's what he means to tell you, or she, is that everything in your life changes, and probably for the worse. <laughs> See, we, we have to be very conscious of how we picture God. God does not change to fit your circumstance nor your situation. God will always, he says that God is, he, he is God. He was God in Genesis. He's God all the way through and he's God in Revelations. He's God, the beginning and the end. He's forever. He always has been. He always will be. He'll never move. His name will never be dethroned based on what you, God's always God. He's faithful. See, God can't tell you that I'll punish you in this scripture and in the next scripture tell you there's no punishment. Because then God would not be God. Because then he would be lying. And if he lies, then that goes against another scripture. We have to. God is God. And God is faithful. Through and through. My fear was daddy. But what if people don't understand that your faithfulness has nothing to do with the outcome? 
always been faithful. He said a thousand generations. Tommy, I didn't give you this. I, I want. Can you back that up? I want to get to like verse... Let's get to verse 6 of that same chapter. Start at verse 6. And I, I want to pick up 6, 7, and 8, I think. Y'all okay? Mm-hmm. Y'all just bear with him a minute. Did you got your glasses? <laughs> I didn't want to leave them. I probably picked them up. There they are. Okay. For you, now, now th- this, is, this is God talking, talking to a people, talking to a chosen people. He's speaking to the Israelites. He's, he is speaking to you and I. Remember when I told you when, you, when you read this word, you need to put yourself in the word. Because he is literally speaking to you. He's talking to you. You're the church. You're a chosen people. You're the church. You are a chosen. God said, you did not choose me. I chose you. See, Dear God in heaven, listen to this. I'm going to free somebody up right here. This is going to help you. Because our problem with our Christendom is that we think once we have been forgiven our sins and once we are now saved, that we have to maintain our salvation. This is what I mean. If the Holy Spirit, or let me let me back up. By maintaining your salvation, I'm saying that you think that you've got to be free from everything, that nothing ever gets a hold to you, that there's no there's never a fault in your step, that you're going to be doing something and it's not going to look good in somebody else and you have to change this and you have to change that and you've got to do this and you have to do... Listen to me. Do you not think that God... Oh, God is faithful. He sent the Holy Spirit to draw you. Okay? <laughs> the Bible says that you don't, you don't just come to God. You can't just come to God. He said, I chose you. So he's got to go and choose you. Now you can come. (laughs) You get to come when daddy calls. See, we've taken God out of all dominion and power. And authority and righteousness and holiness. We, we've taken him out of this. And we have pulled him to this. So that our finite minds 
with wishful thinking might grasp the understanding of who God, you'll never understand who God is. Do you think that you can't fit God in this thing that you got? I can't even fit my addresses sometimes. And Debbie, Debbie swear to that. I, 23, Debbie, what's the, why do you ask me this all the time? Because I forgot. <laughs> but we pull God down here. And the only way that we'll ever get to come to the full understanding of God is that the light or the, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. That's the only, see, that, was the, that was the prayer. I pray for you that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so that you may come to the full understanding. But we, we pull God down. I don't know how I got there. You're drawn by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit pulls you into salvation. Now think about this for a moment. What it took the Holy Spirit, what it took for God to get you saved, do you think that you have what it takes to keep you saved? Come on. Come on, self-righteous spirit, stand up. Let me cut you, I'll lop your head off this morning. You you do not have the capabilities, the abilities, the information, the knowledge, the know-how, the stamina, the strength, the perseverance. You have none of that that can maintain your salvation. You have to rely upon the Holy Spirit. The one that brought you is the one that will, come here Debbie, that the one that brought you will be the one that keeps you. Look at this. I love these kind of things. Come up here, baby. <laughs> I want you to hold just like this. Okay? Come here, Joe. You, you, come here, Joe. I'll tell you why I, why I switched up when I'm done. Come here. Well, you, you just stand with your back facing that way. Okay? And I want you to, uh, I want you to hold on to my arm. Okay. I want you to lean back. Okay? You got me? Yeah. All right. Now, this is what's going on, okay? We have become saved. Now, Joe just done something that isn't Christian. Let go of my arm. Come here, you, they, they can't see you. <laughs> Grab my arm, just lean back. Lean back, not that far. I'm, I'm joking, you're fine. You're fine. I'm, <laughs> you have to trust. You have to trust. Because the same spirit that called you unto salvation, we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. Joe just done something that was not Christian-like. Let go. Joe's not going anywhere. Why? Because God Amen. is faithful. Whether he's faithful or not, Joe is faithless because he's sinned. God is faithful because he's still holding him. Now, the reason I've done that, because I didn't want to drop her. <laughs> i got to live with her. Don't you just love God? Yes. Man, when he can bring stuff like that, man, tell, 
Oh, see, this, this dawn, this is how I know that God's faithful. Even when I don't deserve. There's no way. Dennis, I can't pay enough money to get God to work for me. God is not my employee. God is my employer. God's faithful. And see, our problem is we have relied upon circumstance and the outcomes, whether or not it's going to let us know if God's faithful or not. If, if, if we come, baby, if we come through this unscathed and unscarred, then God's faithful. But what if you don't? Still faithful. Oh! That's right. God's faithful. He said he was. He ain't going to lie to me. He can't. He ain't going to lie to you. He can't. See, I had to preface that because a self-righteous spirit will stand up again on that. It's not that God can't lie to me. He won't. (laughs) He he just won't. Because he knows that he can't. Who am I to say that God can't do something? Only God can say whether he can or can't. He's the covenant maker. And he's the covenant keeper for those who love him. See, in, in, the, in the Hebrews, that, that faithful, that, that means to prop or to support. <laughs> in the Greek, it means Trustworthy. God's faithful. Even when you fall, he, God is faithful. He'll do everything he said he'll do. He's done it for generations. We don't give enough credit to what God's already done because we're still asking him to do something else. Give him enough credit by, he said, seek me first. I'll take care of the rest. All the other things and stuff will be added to you. If you just look over here, if you'll just take a man, if we could, if we could take our focus off of what's ahead and look at what's been behind sometime, Paul said that he let go. He didn't say stop looking. He said he let go and he pressed toward the mark. If we just take a moment, God was always talking about, told the Israelite, go back, go back to where you come from. Go back into the Jordan to where you just come out. Go back into the tribulation that you just had to cross over. When you, when you trusted me to cross over the tribulation, I want you to go back to that tribulation. I want you to pull out a stone, and I want you to bring it back to this side, and I want you to build an altar. Why? Because there's going to be other generations that's going to come through, that's going to go through the same tribulation that you've already experienced because, oh my God, what does that scripture help me? 
help me. Help me. That we've, we've, not, been, we've not been tested or tried in, in, in unusual circumstances that we think that nobody else has been tried in. But all, everybody has went through it. Somebody else is going through the same thing that you're going through. And he said, I want you to set something up because I'm going to use you, Don. I'm, I'm going to take you and your circumstance and I'm going to use you because there's going to be somebody else that's going to walk by the same thing. And there's only going to be you, Don, that's going to be standing there and they're going to go, what does this mean? And then you get to tell them how faithful. Amen. See, you make, we can't all tell the same story. But we all have a story. See, I didn't come through unscathed. I didn't come through unbeaten or bruised. I got a few scars. It's just a reminder. That's right. It's just a reminder. See, we we depend on coming through. We, we like the scripture of Isaiah. You'll pass through the waters, but they'll not overtake you. And you'll pass through the fire, but they'll not burn. You'll come out. You won't even be scorched. That's when we say God's faithful. Come on, see, I can preach that right there when I have you jumping. No, y'all won't jump. Y'all barely shake your head. I can preach my guts out and you barely move. And I'm sitting here so excited, I can't stand myself. And I want to jump on top of people's heads. See, he's, he's trustworthy. How can he be trustworthy if a test takes you out? How's he trustworthy? And you serve him and now you're facing divorce. How, how, is he, how is he trustworthy? You give your heart to him at the age of 13 and you've never looked back. You've had your hand to the plow, baby. And you've never looked back. Now you've never even smoked a cigarette. And here you lay on a table eaten by cancer. How is he trustworthy? See, I got to hear this from God this morning. I got to hear this from God this morning because there's only one thing that God's ever promised. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, if you'll just endure. This is what he said in Revelation. He said, if you can only, if you'll just endure until death, I'll give you the crown of life. Come on, church. See, God's faithful. He's faithful that when it's all said and done, when we've taken our last breath, I get to walk from this old wretched world and this old tore down, beat up, out of shape, but its shape is round. All of this, I get to walk out of this and I get to walk Amen. into glory 
with the one that said I am. That's faithful. God's faithful. I don't, I don't care what you do. God's faithful. I don't care what you say. God's faithful. I'm not trying to give you no ticket to go out and run around in sin either. I'm just telling you that God's faithful. Because I say I'm trying to get you to understand something. He's just as faithful in his promises that he is in his punishments and vice versa. You get out of daddy's wheel, you're going to get a spank. You're going to get a spanking. <laughs> Stay in God's will, you might get corrected. But it's okay, because he's faithful forever. Faithful. You know, one of the one of the greatest stories that come to mind about him trying to paint us a picture of his faithfulness. You'll find in the book of Hosea. He goes to Hosea and says, I want you to go marry a whore. What? See, the, I tell y'all, when you read, read. Because there's a difference between a whore and a prostitute. A prostitute gets paid. A whore gets choice. Listen to me. Hear, hear me. I chose you. You didn't choose me. Hosea runs to Gomer. See, I'd have run away at then as soon as I heard the name Gomer. That would have... <laughs> That's why God didn't name me Hosea and God didn't write about me in the book. He goes and marries Gomer. Can you imagine how she felt? Oh, because she knew he was a man of God. A man of God would choose me. Come on, listen. Gomer. Gomer. Listen to me, Gomer. You're Gomer. And you're saving great. Your night and shining armor just swept you. Oh, he's faithful. How ecstatic she must have been. That a man of God, would you would choose someone like me? Paul would say, oh, wretched man that I am. And, and, and the, the psalmist would say, who, who, who am I that you would? You would think that would change her life. But do you see? Do you see the faithfulness 
of God. She ecstatic at the moment and wondering thoughts and ideas would lead her again astray. And poor Hosea. Come on, I see I hear these conversations. God, you you told sometimes I speak these conversations. God, you told me. God, you've done this. You said. Now look. Now what? I've always been faithful. Now go back and I want you to get her. It wasn't just one time. I, through a couple different occasions. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of me and my wife. I just, look, thank you. <laughs> and you would think that it would change her mind. And it got real bad. And she goes back this time to be auctioned he finds her lying on a table come on church read read your bible you you watch soap operas and all this crazy nonsense junk and garbage on television and this word will open up things in your life that will flat cause you to be flabbergasted (laughs) she's lying on a table to be auctioned. It's his wife. And he goes back. Not it wouldn't just, it wouldn't have been just bad enough there. But along the way, he's gotta stop and ask, have you seen? Boy, what a degrading moment for a husband to ask those of crazy, (laughs) sided wanderings of the mind. Have you seen my wife? No, I wasn't with her last night. Come on, you would have turned. You would have said, you know what? Once was one thing, twice wasn't a, I'm out. God or no God, I'm done. Come on, you've done it. You said, I'll apologize once, but I won't do it twice. You said, I'll love this time, but I won't the next time. Come on, you've done it. And Hosea, because he's the picture, perfect example of faithfulness. And he goes back again to Gomer. And he said, I'll buy her. And pays twice as much than the asking price. That's right. 
because he's faithful. He paid twice as much for you that you deserved. Twice as much because he's faithful. He said, I chose you. You're a, a chosen gen- Man, I didn't even get to read the scripture. <laughs> All I got to say was you were chosen. Where did you get that word from? It comes from the word holy. <laughs> For you are a holy people. You're, you're chosen. You're, you're set apart. You're, you're God's people. And it, listen, listen to this. This, this is the faithfulness of God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. He's talking to you. He goes on to say the Lord did not set. Look at the faithfulness. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least faithful. We, we are in, in, in Deuteronomy. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Abraham... <laughs> was back in Genesis. I mean, there's been several generations. Oh, come on, see. Read your word. There's been several generations that has passed, and God has already come to Abraham and said, get out from among us. I've I've chosen you. Get out from among I want you to leave it all. Your family, the whole boy, he should have left Lot. He should have left Lot. (laughs) Leave them all. And go to a land that I'm going to show. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. I don't even have a kid. The faithfulness. And now God's speaking to millions. Or church. Oh, I want to take my shoe off. Are you here? God is faithful. Do you not think that there was enough issue between Abraham and now that God had every reason to look at the stiff-necked bunch of brood vipers and tell them just to pack it? You're out. But because he was faithful, he said, man, I know you've gone through, but I'm faithful. I always have been faithful. And just because you act in a fool doesn't make me any less faithful. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. You're going to enter into the promised land. The promised land. Get your mind off of Canaan for a minute. How many of you understand this is a spiritual book? How many of you know that it's not the flesh that you're trying to make sure stays saved? Because your flesh, my friend, 
will never be saved. Pastor, you can't say that. What happens? Yes, I can because he said he gives us a new body. This old body, man, this, this, this thing's nasty. Just go ahead and look at your neighbor. You can tell them now, you're nasty. <laughs> see, you can tell them that. Because this flesh will never see the glory of God, ever. And we are so hung up in making sure that this flesh is satisfied and pleased while we're here. Can I tell you that when you get there, you're, you're going to forget about everything else. Because he's faithful. And there's going to come a day he's going to look at you and I. Depart from me. You worker of iniquity. For I never knew you. Or. Well done. My good and faithful servant. Now enter in. He's faithful. Look, we can walk through this whole Bible this morning and we can go scripture after scripture and I can pull out his faithfulness. It may not turn out the way you want it. It may not look like what you expected, but he's faithful. He's, listen, he's God if they die. He's God if they live. He's God if you die. And he's God if you live. He is faithful. The Greek word says he's trustworthy. It may not happen the way we want it to. But we have to trust in him that however he knows better. It's not up to us, man. See, for once in your life, I know you like to say that you're all that in a bag of chips. But for once in your life, you cannot stand in front of God's word and I'm looking for a good word. See, I'm not an English scholar. You can't stand in front of God's word and proclaim him faithful or unfaithful. But you can stand behind it. I need these things here. He's faithful. I can't see, but he's faithful. <laughs> For the word of the Lord is right. <laughs> and all his work is done in faithfulness. All of his work 
whether it meets your standard. I know you've got a higher standard than God. And if it meets your standard or not, he's faithful. Every day. All day. It's just a little discussion that we've been having on his faithfulness. And I had to be reminded again. And it all came down to a song. Because I didn't understand how you could give a hallelujah, raise a I didn't know how you do it in a storm. Oh, I can sing it. We, shoot, we put this song on and sing that song. But do we know what it is? I go back to where I started and then I'm done. She's not putting her trust in the outcome. She's putting her trust in the one that controls the outcome. So now do you understand how you can raise a hallelujah in the storm? Because listen, whether the storm was invented to propel you, to destroy you, or to build you, doesn't matter. He's faithful. So if you go home today and you can't, you can't figure out this thing, how God is faithful, then I'm going to say you slept. Because <laughs> I really believe that God come down in the spirit and said, we're going to talk to the people because we need to hear it. I know I did. I love it when he leans over the desk and just looks at me and says, see, y'all don't see God. <laughs> You ever work for a boss that would walk into your office and put his hands on your desk and lean over? <laughs> That's my boss. Because he come in and he said, I've always been faithful. Some of you rednecks will probably get this a little better than most people. You jump in the truck and fire it up, and it's old faithful. Huh? Old faithful. Charlie, you might have to kick it off of the stump to get it roll starting because you don't want Linda up there trying to roll start that thing while you're pushing with a tractor. And she, I hadn't heard the stories, Linda. You can't hide that stuff. <laughs> Bringing them trucks up on the wheels. and Y'all don't want to go up on the mountain. I'm just telling you. You'll be in for a ride. But old faithful. See, we'll rely, we will rely on old faithful with 350,000 miles on it. And when you fire it up, it goes, then it'll smooth out a little. We'll rely more on that than we'll rely on the God we serve. 
There's nothing more faithful than God. There's nobody. See, you can't put your trust. See, I don't trust none of you. No. I just don't trust you. Because I know you work in a fleshly body just like I do. And all it takes is one bad day, you wake up in the morning, Charlie, and you don't have a cup of coffee on the table, and you done got mad at the preacher. (laughs) Rocky, don't you trust your wife? Well, yeah. About 98%. She's up here, but she... Uh Uh-uh. Look, I see receipts on the table when I come home. And I don't know nothing about it. You with her? (laughs) Come on, men. Y'all know them women. They shop on you in a minute, boy. Think you're going to Walmart and end up at Hobby Lobby in Christiansburg. Going to the store to get a couple things, and you come up in the driveway, and the truck's laid like that. <laughs> Be careful opening up the back; something might fall out. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I trust God with everything I got. everything I got and I'm asking that you will do that this morning that you'll trust God and I mean trust him even when your wife out hunts you trust him (laughs) (laughs) I told y'all this is family setting this is this is an intimate time I want you to Sometimes, Dennis, <laughs> might be a sign from the Lord. He might be saying, retire your weapon. Give it to her. You were never called. You were there to train. Oh, man. Boy, see, that's biblical. David. You would think David, being the man after God's own heart, would be the one to build his resting place. And he said, no, you ain't doing it. Your son's going to do it. You just make sure everything's there. I'm like, what? Come on, when I first read that, I was like, boy, I'd have been mad. I wouldn't have fought all these people. I was tired. People left me. Yep. Told you I was done. Tommy, I have no clue what you have for praise and worship music, but I'm gonna let you do praise and worship music. And I'm not we look. I don't want you to do it this way, okay? I don't want you to do it like you always do it. Amen. I want you to do this differently. I don't even. I don't care if you're singing songs. It don't matter to me. I want you out of the seat. I want you on your face with God. Church, hear me. 
We need God more today than we ever have. If we don't get God back in our lives and back in our churches, we too shall be cut from the remnant. I just want, I want you, this is the, look, some of you might have sat here and listened to this this morning and went, wow, God, I've no clue. I'm sorry. I mean, I knew you were faithful, but I didn't know that. It's a good time just to talk to Daddy. I see the reason I'm asking, or the reason, okay, I'm not asking. The reason I'm telling you to come out of your chair and get with God is because the people couldn't worship God in their tents. They came out of their tents and stood around the tent of meeting as Moses would go in. We've become too comfortable. We've decided how we will approach God. And I'm not saying this is going to be a religious act. That's, listen to me. I, just, I want you to get away from where you're at. Because where you're at right now, some of you are thinking about chicken. Some of you are thinking about what you're going to do for dinner. Some of you are thinking about the appointments that you got at the church. You're, you're setting right. I want you out of there. And I want you in the presence of God where there is no thought process. See, when you get hung up praying to God sometime, you, you don't remember nothing. I've walked in, and six hours later, I've walked out and had no clue. I'm telling you, you get in God's presence, there is no thought process. You're giving all you have to Him. So this morning, for praise and worship, this is what I want us to do. No, I can't make you. You wish you wouldn't. No, I'm joking. But I can't make you. See, this is where you have to choose. But see, we don't... God, I ain't going there, I don't think. We've got to come away from us. We have to. We have no choice. We can't sit in us any longer. You'll die in yourself. He's the one that gives life. Remember that. He holds it in his hand. So this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask that you make that choice, that you... I'm not like, you ain't got to stretch out on the floor. You ain't got to do nothing. I'm not asking you to do that. If you just come and sit on the front row, make an attempt. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. So, Father, as, as we've been prepared with your word, God, I would ask that your spirit would begin to to place this word in each and every one of us. 
in the areas where we need it the most. And God, what we feel that we don't need at this moment, give us the, give us the common sense to shelf it so that in the time of trouble we can pull it off. Or may it be just like our home and we clean it once a week and just dust it off. And that way we can just remember how faithful you are. But God, this morning, I I want us to gather together, Father, in one mind, in one accord. And I want us to pay not only our respects, but the honor due you. That we would offer up ourselves a living sacrifice. And God, that our hearts would be stirred today and our minds would be, Father, changed so that we could recognize your trustworthiness, your faithfulness. So the next time that we're faced with something, we don't automatically look at whether or not you're true to your word because it didn't meet our high standard. But we can look at you and trust and know that when your word says it, it's meant. So Father, for these next few moments, just lend us your ear. Make way for us that we can come and sit in your presence. To adorn you with our love. Father, may this be one of the most pleasant and rememberable moments that you have of this body. that we chose to come to you and sit at your feet and love on you. Father, we ask this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.